I'm Carrie Brett, and this is Shot at Love. Today is part two of Raven Blair Glover's inspiring story. She's the talk show maven and founder of the Raven International Broadcast Empire and Power Me Up Radio Talk 24-7 on iHeartRadio Live. At age 60, she found love with Grammy award-winning mixing engineer Kalik Glover. Kalik will join Raven and discuss his thoughts on love. They'll share how falling in love with the right person changed their lives. Many positive things happen when you find your soulmate. You become a better version of yourself. You put others before you. You have enhanced communication and trust. You work as a team and walk with a bounce in your step. Raven and Kalik will share how they fell in love, married, and lived like newlyweds. You'll hear how they permitted themselves to move forward and created a whole new life, and how you can do it too. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. Now, as Raven likes to say, if you're standing, please sit down, and if you're sitting, please stand up, because Raven is here. Hi, Raven. (laughs) Love it. How are you doing, Karen? <laughs> Thanks for coming back for part two. This is so exciting. So I'm going to start with you before we bring Kalik on. I hope everyone tuned into part one because your story is so inspiring to me. The career you've created for yourself, the setbacks you've overcome, and the many broken hearts you've healed. Raven, being fiercely loyal towards people you love is a great quality to have. But no matter what, you couldn't be the one who left the marriage. Leaving a marriage is hard. Can you talk about overcoming these challenging times and how grateful you are that husband number three left you because it was Kalik who taught you how you deserve to be treated? Absolutely. And just so you know, I told husband number three that I should send him one of those giant you know, cards as you used to see back in the day in the dollar store, birthday cards and stuff, because I was going to send him one saying, thank you for leaving. (laughs) Because I am so super blessed now. Absolutely. But it was very, very difficult for me. I mean, you know, if I don't know if you've been through this, Carrie, but I know most people have been through a really bad breakup. And you know how it breaks you down. It just makes you feel so low in your spirits and stuff. Sometimes even if it's a marriage that you want it over, just the word divorce or separation or something like that to know that it's 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 final, it it does something to you, doesn't it? It does. It, it does. Yeah. Because it's it feels like a failure and no one likes how that feels. And it's an investment of time that's lost. It's just so many things, but it really does break your spirit it can affect how you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It does. It makes you feel like that. And so that's how I felt. And you know what I had? Well, here's the real story. I was talking to Diana Nightingale, who we become friends, and she's the widow of the late, great Earl Nightingale. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just telling her how bad I felt, and I didn't know what my next step was. And you know what she said to me? She said, Raven, I think this is the perfect time for you to go back and listen to those awesome interviews you have on your Women Power show. And I was like, oh, okay. She says, you you have something that you can go listen to to help pull you out of that. And that's what I did. You know, I went back and I listened to Lisa Nichols, where she talked about mirroring, standing in front of the mirror, butt naked and really 
you know, looking to, at the good, the bad, and the ugly of you and owning up to it uh, so that you can be able to step into your power. I also um, started thinking, okay, what if I, because I didn't have the funds then, what if I just start uh, interview series of women counselors, you know, people that deal with divorce and breakups and low self-esteem and, and let that be my therapy. So I called and I, you know, I talked to them. I told them the truth of what I was going through. And I'm like, I'm sure there's many other people that are going through the same thing. Would you be open to me interviewing you about it? And they said, yes. And that really did help me get past all that. I agree. But you realized you couldn't do it alone. And you also couldn't afford all this expensive counseling. So the fact that you found this way to help yourself is incredible. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people still should listen to these past interviews. Now, what would your advice be for saving yourself after the bottom falls out? Take a really good look at yourself. Look at what you like, maybe not even love yet, but like what you, mm, you realize, okay, I, I messed up. I don't even like this about myself. How could I expect anyone else to, to accept it? And, the, and what you would do better. Start working on yourself first and then decide what you will not deal with anymore, what your limits are, you know, what you are stepping away from and letting go. Because as you know, Carrie, we start picking up these patterns and carrying them, you know, from one relationship to the next, right? And because a lot of times, especially women, I won't say all women, but especially women, it's women like myself, that no, you know, you're not, I'm not really the type of person that loves the, the dating game and seeing a bunch of people. That's never been my thing. I was always looking for that love. My dad, he really loved my mom and he treated her like a queen, always wrapping bowls around the cars and bringing her gifts and stuff. And so I wanted that too. And so in wanting that, one of the biggest mistakes I made was jumping from one relationship to another, never pausing, getting to know me, you know, never pausing to, to live my life by myself. It was almost like I had got addicted to just being with someone and it was quick for me to fall in love with them because I did, I hated the dating game. I was not someone that wanted to see a bunch of guys and all that stuff. And I was not someone that wanted to be alone. So I had to ask myself, why was that? And it was because, to be honest, I wasn't that thrilled about myself. So I had to take time to get to know myself, get to know what I like, what I didn't like, and what I would eventually love, and what I, could, I had in my power to change, which got me into reading books like Unstoppable and jumping on seminars and just really, really, really going back, like Diana said, listening to my interviews, on my show and other people's show and just really, really spending time with myself, investing money into myself and, and not being afraid to ask people, <laughs> you'll love this, Gary. I even left him. I wasn't ready to talk to, to my ex-husband at that time. 
But what I did do was call and leave a message when I knew he was working on his voicemail and telling him I forgive him. I was ready to move on and let go of the animosity and all that stuff. And I said, and I apologize to you for, and I listed three or four things that I knew really irked him. And he called me back and he caught me and he apologized for some of the things he did. Not all of them, but for some of the things. And so we both just decided to let it go, move on. We weren't going to be hangout friends, but we could be sociable if we ran across each other, you know, and and stuff like that. So that's how I got past it. And of course, later I met Khalik a few months later, and he definitely helped me get past it. (laughs) For sure, for sure. (laughs) Totally. But you took a hard look in the mirror and you decided what you would tolerate, what you would not tolerate moving forward. Mm -hmm. And you weren't afraid to make changes and make different choices. And I think that's a tough thing for people because it is common to go from relationship to relationship. And it's one of those things where you go from the frying pan right into the fire. And and unless you take a step back and do work on yourself, you're going to potentially fall into the same pattern of pulling in the same. Yeah, yeah. As Michael Jackson used to say, take a good look at the woman or man in the mirror. You know, and that's why I really enjoyed the interview that I did with Lisa Nichols because she talked about mirroring and standing up there and butt naked, you know, looking at if you were overweight or whatever, you're just looking at yourself raw and you're keeping it real, Carrie. You're keeping it real with yourself, okay? Because you're talking to yourself, you know, so you don't have to be on defense. You know what I'm saying? You can take it now and say, yeah, I I screwed up. Right. You know, yeah, I screwed up. I should have did this or I should have did that. You know, but all owning what you did, but also owning, well, not owning, but recognizing what the person that you're breaking up with or they broke up with you, whatever, recognizing what they did that you didn't like. So that the next time you see those red flags, you wouldn't say it's okay because you know already what it felt like. And, and most of the time, whether we're men or women, when those red flags up, we know it's a red flag. We just choose at that time that we're going to, we're going to go ahead with it because we want whatever it is so bad. My sister, Tracy, I remember one night we were talking and, you know, I was just kind of sharing with her, you know, what my, what I would, I thought my future would look like or what I wanted. And she said, well, I know I heard this stuff before and Raven, you're someone that loves love and you want one person. Have you ever taken the time to really describe what you want? I was like, no. And she said, what I would do if I were you, I just in your quiet time when you're in the tub or drinking wine or whatever, just really describe what you want. You're always good in business and, you know, building up on what you want in your business and you can take anything and turn it into something. Why don't you spend that much time and dedication and commitment to your next relationship? And so, Tracy, if you hear this, thank you. Because that's really what I did. I took pen to paper and I described exactly what I wanted. But guess what? On the other side, because one thing she said is be very specific on what you do not want, what you refuse to accept. And every time you meet someone, you go on a date, look at the go back to that list. 
And it's because you know what you want and you know what you don't want. I like that's that. That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, it takes a family member or a good friend, someone who truly cares about you, to remind you of your worth because that's how badly you feel at that time. Mm-hmm. And you really need to surround yourself with friends and family 100% and write down that list because you can't ask for something you can't get what you don't ask for. So that's super powerful, putting a pen to paper, writing it down. And then if you look at dating like business, if you're in business and someone doesn't show up on time and they don't tell you when they're going to meet you again, you wouldn't deal with that in business. So why would you deal with that when dating? Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that we know inside that we don't want. And we know just as bad inside what we want. We can't be afraid to say it and to let people know when they're off track and to set boundaries and not accept anything just because you want someone. You want someone to love you and you want to love someone and you don't really want to date around you don't really want to be by yourself i'm not saying every woman feels like that because i know women that don't want no man around and they like things the way it is and it's either it's good either way you just got to make sure that you're watching out for yourself and protecting yourself and going back to what i said earlier if you don't really know who you are you can't expect anybody else to so i had to spend time doing things by myself because I was always with someone that I was more likely married to, you know, um, because I didn't date a lot. You know, it was marriage and they would ask me to marry him and I would marry him, you know, so I didn't do a lot of dating at all. And that meant that I was with them or I was with my family. I didn't really do anything but go to work yeah, and come home and run errands with Raven. But I never went to the art museum. I never went to a movie by myself. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I never went to a club by myself. I never did things by myself or even lived by myself for a long time. You know, it's always if I wasn't married, living with someone. So I had about six months where I got to know myself and I did live by myself and I did things by myself. And I found out I didn't just like myself. I loved myself. That's good. But I also found out the things that I needed to to change to even love myself more. Well, you took a step back. I think that was super important. And you became the person who could attract someone like Kalik. And by the time you met Kalik, what do you think the major change was that you had made within yourself? Uh, I think the, the major change was knowing what was not too attractive. Okay, about myself, knowing, you know, trying to step back from being clingy, as clingy, let's put it like that, being more of a independent woman, and not someone that just kind of went along with whatever anybody says. I mean, I was back then, you know, if they said, let's go to dinner, and I let them choose the place. You know, I was just going to be that nice, nice date that didn't ask for much. And I learned, you you know, if you didn't like whatever it was, tell them you didn't like it and, and let people know what you wanted, what you didn't want. So that was the biggest thing, speaking up. And then the other thing is, like I said, facing my demons, facing not just my fears, but things that weren't 
too attractive and having a better line of communication and being clear of what I want and what I didn't want. Those were the changes that I had made. I was very clear by then. (laughs) And you gave yourself the grace of not being perfect, which I like a lot. And you didn't have all the answers and you were literally taking it one step at a time. Do you think learning to lose perfection came with experience or finding love later in life? Yeah, I I think I got to the point where I wanted to be free to be me. And and in fact, I always tell a colleague sometimes when we're talking, I'm like, thank you, baby, for allowing me to be free to be who I am. And he was the first person that I had been with that didn't have a lot of rules and regulations and don't do this and don't do that. Just sit there and look cute. Don't come here. Don't go there. You know, do all this stuff around the house. And I'm a businesswoman. I'm not, you know, the typical or what some guys perceive as the typical housewife that's going to bake all day and all this stuff. I was way past that. Remember, I was in my 60s. Okay, I even like that when I was younger. It was just not me. And that was one of the things I had to own up to that the guys that I married, they loved the, the business Raven. But what they really wanted was a housewife as they perceived it, you know, just someone that was going to be there, you know, get a regular job. You know, I remember I mean, wanted me to drive a bus. Now, Carrie, you know me. Can you picture me driving <laughs> a freaking bus? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> that ain't even me. First of all, I don't like uniforms. <laughs> Unless they got some glitter or a hat with yeah. it or something. <laughs> you look cute in a hat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so that wasn't going to work. You know? But that's what they wanted. Get the 401k and, and very corporate structured stuff. And that was not me. You know, cooking dinner every night or even a couple times a week most of the time was not me. That was just not me. My parents brought me up in a restaurant. I hated restaurants. I hated cooking and all that stuff. So the time that I spent with myself let me know, you know, I just got to be honest and let the next person know. I don't like cook. Yeah, we'll get a dinner here and there, but you know, I'm an eat out type of person. I'm this and that. And until I was clear of that for myself, I couldn't tell someone else because I didn't know. And also you had false information because everyone was trying to make you a housewife and then that would make you feel bad because you were an entrepreneur. That's who you are. For people listening, I mean, you can be an entrepreneur and a good housewife. Some people do that very well, but it just was not me. I wanted to build a business. You know, I wanted to leave something for my family when my time came and it was over. You know, I that was me. My parents were entrepreneurs. They had a chain of restaurants in Ohio. So that's the way they raised me, you know. So I had that very strong mindset, but I still wanted love in my life. I still wanted to come home to one person and not be going out on dates. And, you know, the club stuff was fun to me for a while when it came to dressing up and stuff. But beyond that, you know, it was just sometimes, to be honest, I'd be in a club feeling like I was in Sodom and Gomorrah. Some all the people, the way people were like wild and stuff. That just wasn't me. Right. You know, I felt uncomfortable and I felt that wasn't me. I felt out of place. I wanted someone that I could, you know, grow with really this time, stay married to and be there for each other, good, bad. And no matter what, you know, somebody lose an arm or whatever, we were going to be together forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, being driven is a 
excellent thing. It's a great quality. And if you're born with big dreams and are driven, when someone tells you that you have to drive a, a bus, men are like buses. There's another bus around the corner. That's I don't what even I want to catch a bus, let alone <laughs> work eight hours driving a freaking bus. <laughs> Definitely not me. Way off base on that one. <laughs> but I actually filled out an application. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Okay. Wow. You got to find that for me. <laughs> Unbelievable. But you, you made all these changes and you said you wanted someone with big thinking, someone who had big dreams like you. It just makes sense. And you really got comfortable with yourself. And one of your dating advice that you've spoke about to me is to show up in a bigger than life way. You believe that you need to raise the bar when you're looking for a new partner. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I, w- I believe you should raise the bar when you're looking for your business, for your relationships, everything. It's like, how can you step up and show up really, really big in what you, you're doing? In an authentic way, though, Carrie. Okay, not in a way that's going to take you out of being you. And And I knew that in the next relationship, you know, at the age of 60, come on, I can't get it wrong this time for sure. Okay. (laughs) We're getting to some crucial decades left. (laughs) This is the time to get right. And I remember my son used to say all the time, moms, you, you know, you need to be still, be quiet and let the voice inside guide you. I think that's definitely what happened, you know, when we started putting our show together at the hospital, sitting still and being quiet and let that voice inside you guide you it is huge because, you know, Carrie, sometimes we're just going from one thing to another and we're just so busy. And if we just stop, just stop and pause and just, you know, really be okay with what you're hearing, what you're feeling and knowing that you might have to reset, go back to the basics, whatever. And that's pretty much when Kalik and I got together, that's where I was at. I was just ready to be free to be me and do things that was going to be unique to me. It may not be unique to anybody else, but unique to me. And and one of them was, you know, using the power of my voice to say what I wanted to say and not feel like I had to hold back. However, when you're not used to doing that, you usually do it wrong. You know what I mean, Carrie? Yeah, I do. I'm glad you get it because a lot of people don't get that. But when you're not when you're not sure what to do and you just know you, you're not going to take it anymore, what happens is you get on the defense and you start self-sabotaging. Right, Carrie? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happened. That's what I brought into this this awesome relationship I am now. I was so determined not to have it one way that I kind of came to forceful. And that wasn't the way that when I meant, you know, show up in a big way. Luckily, Kalik is, is not shy about saying what he says, but he says it in a very respectful way. And even if I don't agree right, right away with it or he doesn't agree with me, we step away and then come back when we both can talk about it. But, you know, it was hard at first and I wasn't really sure how to show up in a big way, but I just knew I was ready. And sometimes I didn't do it 
correctly. And I made mistakes along the way, but I've heard you say this before, but be okay with failing forward. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and I think whether it's business or relationships with a man or relationship with any member of your family, you have to be okay with failing forward and being okay with failing forward is meaning that you're okay with maybe starting over again, stopping what you're doing and resetting, you know, looking at things on how you can make it better and tweak it. And we would talk about that. Kalik and I would talk about that, you know, and you'll find out more when you start talking to him. But I guess for me, showing up was showing up more authentically and stop trying to go back to my Casparian ways, <laughs> being <laughs> Casper, you know, being quiet, being timid, right. but still, you know, be a, a woman of power. You know, I'm big about women and men of power, meaning, you know, stay within your power, learn how to transition from your pain back to your power because you'll bounce back and forth. So have that bounce back muscle with, and the strategies and tools to help you move from pain to power but learn how to navigate it. Don't be so too forceful. I had to learn that early on in sales because, you know, my parents, like I said, they brought us a very entrepreneur. So sometimes I could have, they used to call it a red personality. You know, you're really going out there, you're going after, you're very aggressive. And sometimes that could be a turnoff. Absolutely. Sometimes that could work for me. And through my years of sales, I've learned how to, dance between the two, you know, how much power to give and when to pull it back. Right. And that's what I have to do in my relationships. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because you have to let the men lead. And I'm not saying hand over your power to men by any means. And Mm -hmm. often women do that and rather quickly. But what typically works for you in business doesn't necessarily work for you in love. Absolutely. And then there's parts of that that works for you that can work. It's just that I think the bottom line is just having that respect for each other. So love is not enough. You have to have the love, but you also have to have the respect, the communication, that all of it. And and you have to be free to be you. Right. I think Kalik is really big on that. (laughs) I know he He is. He's super big on that. That's great. How great would it be to find the love of your life, the man of your dreams? Do you believe online dating would work if you had the right tools to be successful? Well, I have exciting news. I've created your best shot at love masterclass. I cannot wait to share with you what's worked for me in my life and for many of my clients that have helped over the years. If you enroll in this class, you have a winning mindset and believe in getting help before you start something new. If you're ready to see changes in your dating life and want to take action, check out my free webinar at shotatlove.co. If you decide you're going to choose another path, that you're worth it and you're willing to enroll in the masterclass, you can also register at shotatlove.co. I designed this masterclass specifically for you to be successful. Please know that everything you're going to learn in these nine modules and six coaching calls has been carefully curated for you so you can gain the success you truly want. I will be there for you the whole time. In the meantime, I wish you all the success and I can't wait to hear about your story of finding love. I'm Carrie Brett and I will be your mentor and friend through this incredible journey.
So before we bring on Kalik, I want to just ask you how your life changed when you did meet the right person. Oh my God. I, I started laughing and smiling and so much joy. I remember every time I would pull up to the house when we started living together was like the first words would come out my mouth was home sweet home. And I still say that home sweet home because he makes the house feel like home. And I never had that before. The biggest thing is just being me and not having to, you know, you know, house women will do, we'll get up and, you know, we'll doll our hair and put our makeup on and stuff. And the guys wake up and say, it's five o'clock in the morning. You really look like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, those are some of the things that he's helped me to do. Right. He's probably regretting that sometimes and would love for me to get up and get dressed. But, you know, it's just feeling like I can be myself. And that takes so, it took so much pressure off of me and brought so much joy just to be around someone that's just so easy breezy to be around and so loving. Yeah. That's so nice. So Mm -hmm. as we talk about this right person, your husband, Kalik Lover, I think we should bring him on. Oh, good. I got my Rollcaster Pro. I got to do this. I know it's your show, but. (laughs) (laughs) As for you, Kalik, baby. (laughs) Welcome, Kalik. You sound like the most incredible man. And you both found a, a relationship that works for both of you. And you're both busy people. One thing you said is that you can never be too busy for the relationship. Can you talk about your busy lives and the key to finding balance? Oh, well, yeah, first of all, um, I'm just so motivated by this wonderful woman that I was blessed with. So, you know, that becomes very, very easy. Finding a balance is because you have to be willing. You have to actually want to do the things that are necessary to, to without losing yourself, but you have to be want to, you know, I know that she likes, you know, she used a word earlier. She said clingy. I had to learn how, how to not be so clingy. And I, you know, the thing is, is when I met her, I can appreciate when somebody wants to be with you and everything. And she watched her do her, her balancing act as well of, well, yeah, I want to be around with you. But one of the life lessons I've learned over time is to not be too much clingy on, uh, because, you know, you got to give people room to breathe and have their own thoughts as well too. And I think we both worked out a great balance between doing that because my clingy part is, you know, um, I love to learn. I'm an introspective type of person that I can be with my thoughts, you know, be very cool with that because I just love learning all the wonders that are going on out here in the world and the input that I can put in. So one of those things you have to, you know, consciously tell yourself to balance out is is, uh, don't don't take this person that's in your life for granted, you know, make some time, you know, and that still come to the understanding that you both can balance it out, you know, because she has her thing that when she's in it, there's no disturbing her from it. And you don't want to let her go on her role, let her be free to be her. And the same thing with me, there's things that I've gotten used to over the years that are a part of who, what my makeup is. And we both learned how to do a good balancing act. I think to 
make that work because it's very important. Otherwise, each one will lose their own identity. And after a while, people start having problems and, you know, resentments and regrets just for um, not finding that balance. Yeah. I think what happened, you guys are both so excited to meet each other and you're blending your lives and you're so excited. And Raven wanted you to even wear matching t-shirts. You just wanted to do everything together. And I understand that. But Kalik, you made sure that you had a healthy balance and that this relationship was set up correctly from the beginning. Kalik, why would you encourage others to keep their independence? It's great for your own mental health, first of all, and the other person. Here's the thing, you know, I was, you know, I just consider myself so blessed because through my whole life, you know, like I'm a straight up mama's boy. I love my mother. She's gone. But watching her from a young man coming up and all the things that she had to overcome because uh, family first, she was going to make it, you know, when her and my father uh, got divorced, separated and got divorced and everything. I watched all the stuff that she did, all the sacrifices. I heard her crying, you know, trying to be silent, but I could hear her in the next room going through things and, and finding a way to keep her two kids together. And I just admired that. I I appreciated everything that she did. I've got a strong sister that has that same kind of thing going with her, where she's a very strong, independent woman. And, um, and even my ex-wife, uh, same thing. My daughter, I, I, I love strong women that you know, this is teamwork out here. We got the big man macho thing going on. Men like to be, you know, providers, protectors and all that. But quite frankly, the reality is God knew what he's doing. We both need different sides to balance that part out. You know, we can be the muscle, but sometimes uh, you have to have a strength that a, a woman has a different type of strength that a man doesn't have and vice versa. And you you get the best result when you appreciate and combine both of those, you know, rather than, you know, it being one or the other, you know, or one being super dominant and the other one taking a back seat. I think if you learn to balance that, and I've loved that about Raven because when I first met her, you know, she and I were both married. And so I wasn't looking for anything or whatever, but I just admired that I saw this person on the grind, just totally, focused on things, very smart and intelligent in the comments that she would make and just little stuff stacking up that uh, she was a very powerful woman. I always admire that first and foremost about her when I saw her and I just wanted to help her any way that I could. So many times I just reached out to see how I could be of help in her life because she was just a cool person. She was focused and doing this. Like she's got the right spirit. So anything I can do, I was ready to do. That's so nice. And I love that you were attracted to Raven because she was smart and powerful. And a lot of women feel they have to play that down. And that's not what they should do because then they're not being free to be me. I also love that you started out as friends who greatly respected each other. And that love and friendship was crucial. Kalik, can you talk about the importance of finding a partner who enhances your life and makes each other a better person? Early on, when we first met, you know, I wasn't looking. I was out, you know, I was transitioning to a divorce and things like that. And she had just got out of her situation and all that. So we were just friends and everything. But over the course of time, you see the core 
of who a person is. And that is what it's all about. You know, one of the first things, you know, she'll, she'll be like this, but I mean, I was very serious. It's like, I told her straight up, I'm like a weak woman. You know, I don't, I want somebody that had their own mind, their own thoughts and everything. We don't have to agree on everything, you know, and it's okay, you know, agree to disagree, but you know, don't just, um, say what you think I want you to say, say what you feel that's important because to me, that's where the best combined strength that we're going to have. Like I said, and we got to be also okay that if I disagree with you, that doesn't mean I'm suddenly your enemy and, you know, we're at each other. No, it's, it's just another viewpoint. We come into a good balance of understanding that even though most people, when they're first getting to know each other, you know, the one time when you have that little, disagreement and you're not seeing eye to eye on the things, you know, some people take it to an extreme and it becomes personal. Like you feel like somebody's attacking you rather than they're just, they just got another viewpoint. And we had to learn that part of it. That's what makes us uh, work into it being strong. It's like, you know, well, you have another viewpoint and that can be an asset. You know, I don't necessarily see it that same way, but that doesn't mean your way is wrong or my way is right or vice versa. It's not, it's just, it's just more ammunition and uh, more things to put in your toolbox to tackle whatever is going out, out on out there in the world that you're trying to get to, you know? So when I met her, you know, I, um, you know, I, I just, you know, I just, feel blessed you know every time i look at her i say oh my goodness uh you know i i love this woman she's just amazing to me her spirit and make me cry. i'm blessed <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness this is the longest raven's been quiet <laughs> <laughs> i know i had to actually cut my mic completely off <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, the the cool thing about the two of you is that you're both entrepreneurs and creators. And I love this because you're coming from the same viewpoint when you start a new project or a new business venture. And sometimes one has to toe the line to get a project off the ground. And the two of you had that piece worked out, both being creators. Kalik, how important do you think it is to be on the same page regarding finances or creativity? Well, it definitely um, it helps if you start at the same place, but everybody, most people do not start at the same place. So, you know, just keeping it real. I mean, you know, I'm in the music industry, so my industry goes up and down, in and out, you know, and uh, like right around uh, 2008, when the world went crazy and everything, we had all that big things crashing financially and everything. Well, I was caught up in that as well, too. Previously to that, things was great, you know, working at the top of the top of the uh, the record industry with the biggest people. That was a wonderful thing. Money's flowing, budgets are high and everything. But then suddenly the whole financial landscape starts changing and then the um, calls start happening a little less frequently. And, and so I had to get very clever, which is why we met online, because I started seeing the trend that, oh, if I sit back and, and um wait like you know my phone was ring always ringing off the hook i always had constant work but it started changing once you started getting close to that 2008 mark um you know about 2005 to 2008 you know i had to make a decision uh am i going to sit back and wait for the phone calls to come in or or am i going to kind of look at what's happening on the landscape and get in front of this so i started 
researching how to build my finances on my own just in case, you know, I don't like having somebody else control my life or be in control of my family and all that. So um, we didn't start at the same place. I was coming on, you know, I had been on a downturn and working myself to an upturn, you know, but Raven had been into it online like probably a year before me so when we both got together we pulled our um our strengths together you know she had a lot of good things going and was ahead of me in that certain area because she had done sales cold calling things like that so she was i mean when i first saw her and listened to her do it i was just flabbergasted by how good she was and she could make complete strangers know, like, and trust her right away where they're willing to pull out their money and, and, and um, take a chance on whatever it was that she was doing because she, she was always authentic, never coming off, you know, like uh, it was, you know, let me just get your money and run and things like that. So she's always been, you know, good with that. I came to the table with, um, you know, the technical skills. So I, you know, and I was coming in at a time where, technology was allowing you to do things online that had never been done before. And, um, you know, that's where I dug in. She was a little more of the, um, you know, like get on the telephone to talk directly to people, things like that. So we pulled our strengths together to bring both sides up, you know, on the finances. And that's how it continues to this day. I'm, you know, I'm doing different things within um, the area that's my lane and it's my strength. And it, 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 uh, keeps our money and our, our uh, finances coming in from a certain angle. But if I get, say, for example, get burned out and I need to chill out for whatever, I can relax for a minute knowing that she's got her side taken care of and vice versa. You know, what she does is very hard and it can, you know, it can take, take it out of you for a minute and you got to recharge, you know. So when she needs to do that, she knows that I've got it on this side, you know, so it works out really good. It sounds so Let good. me just say, Carrie, uh, um, to extend what colleague says, that is so important and definitely played a big part and was on my list of things that I wanted. I wanted someone that wasn't working a regular job and didn't have a paycheck coming in all the time because I knew that was one of the things that none of the guys that I was married to and the men that I was married to accept it. It, it. it bothered them. You know, they felt like, and I wasn't a lazy person. I was always working on something. And so, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're creating the income, right, Carrie? So you never know if it's going to come in or not. And I think that was something we both recognized right away about each other. So we knew that, okay, they understand that I'm a musician. I'm a music producer as far as colleague. And it could come in, it could not. He would understand, okay, you know, I'm building, I'm creating income. I don't have a check. I have to make it, but it may be days or weeks that I don't. Are you going to be okay? So that was a huge thing. Yeah. Thank you, baby, for that. (laughs) That's nice. It's a huge thing for me, too, because I can't help that I'm a creative. (laughs) And when I decided to do this show, my boyfriend was super supportive and that was everything to me. And if I didn't have that, I don't know what I would have done. So you, you both understand this creative piece. And I also love that you have shared values. And a lot of people have called you a power couple, but Kalik, you say that you're an empowerment couple. I love this. Can you talk about why you feel this way? 
just our natural nature. And both of us were like this. Um, we like to empower others. You know, I'm actually very, I'm very good at being a support system for other people. I'm very bad at, at receiving support myself, you know. That's something I'm constantly working on. But, you know, I just like to dig in. I like to do things myself and, and I like to do things for others. Little not as good. And I'm still working on that, being able to accept and receive sometimes because, you know, that's a good balance that you have to have. But I think it's important and part of the mission to empower others. So we call ourselves the empower couple rather than power couple or whatever that's supposed to mean, because um it's about empowering others with whatever, you know, value we can provide from our life lessons, our skill sets. Others have done that for me so many times. I would not be anywhere in this world without other people having contributed and empowered me to do the things that I wanted to do or I envisioned that I could do as a possibility. So I think it's um, it's one of those things that's our duty to pass that on to others in any way that you can to help and empower others. So nice. I love that. I have just a few more questions. Raven, can you describe what you love the most about Kalik and what he brings into your marriage? Oh my goodness. I love that question. And it's so easy breezy to answer it. What I love most about Kalik is he is the most caring, loving, attentive man, even with his busy schedule that I've ever, ever met. He doesn't give me the diamonds and the pearls because he know I'm not that girl. He, <laughs> he gives me the television stations and <laughs> the radio stations <laughs> and the things that he know that I need and that I want. And sometimes he knows that it's going to advance me in the career sooner than I did. I think I told you, you know, he's the one that, you know, set up the, the spare bedroom as a radio station. And then a couple years ago, you know, he was the one that got us up on Roku and Amazon Fire. And this is added to my business. And I always tell people some girls get diamonds, some get pearls. I get a radio station and oh, just a few TV channels. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so he it, I love that about him. And he's so attentive. He's so caring. When we go to restaurants and stuff, people just absolutely love us. We're that couple to them. And we have, you know, we have bad times like everybody else, but we've learned how to maneuver through them. And we don't have that many. So that's what we love about it. He knows how to make me feel like that schoolgirl, Carrie. I mean, you know, do you have like five hours and I can really tell you. <laughs> he makes me feel like the schoolgirl. He makes me laugh. And you, I mean, you know, you're in my mastermind. You know how often I bring up his name. And it's just because he makes me feel like we're still dating and we're in high school, you know, and I'm 71 and, and he keeps me young and stuff. He knows how to handle me <laughs> okay <laughs> he knows how to handle me lovingly and respectfully and he's the only out of you know he's my fourth marriage i always tell people skip number three and go straight to four because that's the charm okay <laughs> love it he's someone i know i can count on if anything happens when i've gotten sick with shingles or whatever it is he's there he helps me you know, we are so in tune to each other. I won't say we finish each other's sentences because a lot of people say that. I will just say we think a lot alike. And, you know, 
I called him just a couple of days ago. I said, baby, order pizza. He's like, I just was thinking about ordering pizza. So we have, we're just so perfect for each other. And I'll end it with this because I could go on and on. He's the only person that I was married to that I ever woke up and uh, washed my face and looked up in the mirror and it said, I love my wife. He wrote that in 2014. It's still on my mirror today. Uh. I get to look at that every day. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's my Kaliki baby. Are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Kalik, I want to ask you the same question. What do you love about Raven? Oh, well, you know, that's just easy. I mean, the biggest thing is her heart. You know, you can tell from um, and this is what attracted me more. You know, she she's a beautiful woman physically and all that. But forget about that side, because I've seen and known different people through this industry that I'm in that I see that that can be. You know, that can be the smoke and mirrors and the facade that tricks you. And then when you get to know the real person, you be like, uh, uh. <laughs> but um, she is just a beautiful person through and through, always has been. And the more I dug, I saw even more because, you know, you, you when you're first, I always tell her we got a little running joke because, you know, when you get older, you get a little bit more, you know, seasoned and jaded as well. So I'm like, with any relationship, I already know it's it's going to be great the first six months and stuff like that. You know, everybody's bringing their representative up front, mm. you know, on their best behavior and all that. Give it about six months or more to see who that person really is and if they change. And, and she never changed. She always was the same person, this wonderful person with a wonderful heart that um extends beyond just you know one area it, it just hits so many areas you know she's that type of person that would uh cry if a, a tree gets cut down or you know she watched something on the news and a child gets hurt i mean that's real it's not it's not uh anything that's manufactured for what will people think about me in public you know her really her heart is if she sees somebody suffering uh, she's going to try to be there and find a way to help. You know, this is just this is just a rare person. That that's probably the biggest thing th- that I really loved about her. When we first met, I told her because it was important to me. You know, don't be fake. You know, you don't have to please me. Say something that you think I want to hear or whatever. And um, we got to a point where we we know that you know we're always going to be honest and come from the heart because then I know I can trust you. If, uh, you know, trust is a big issue. So when I know that I can trust you because you haven't changed, you're always the same and consistent. This is the real person with the real heart. I don't have to worry about am I going to see something, you know, weird and different later on if the time goes on or after, you know, after uh, we lock it down, then suddenly you're a whole nother person that I didn't know I walked into this thing with. Well, you're so true about Raven's heart because she's all heart. She's something special. You both are. Raven, in closing, give me 30-second soundbite on your thoughts around not settling for the wrong person and why should we hold up for the right person? Don't settle for it because you deserve to have it all, not just in business, but in your relationships in life. Be clear of what you want and be okay with the things that you have to recognize and own up to that you may have to change. What's that old saying, uh, Kalik? We always say, if you keep 
doing what you're doing or giving what you're giving, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. And I had to, you know, check Raven first before I could get to the love. And lastly, take a moment to be friends with the person first. That's something I didn't mention until I was hearing Kalika sharing with you, Carrie. Kalika and I were friends. We were friends years before, you know, we even had a relationship. And with friendship comes respect. And that is what you need in a good relationship. You have to have that love. You have to be committed, but you have to have, of course, communication, but respect. Because when you respect each other, you don't want to hurt each other. When you respect each other, you'll realize you may have to step back and you may have to let go of some things that that person doesn't like. And you're willing to do it because not only do you love and you're committed and you trust them, but you also respect them. So beautiful. Kalik, in wrapping up, any inspiring words to encourage the listeners to never give up or looking for the right one? Well, here's the thing. Um, you've got to, first of all, have a vision for what you want. You know, so that one thing that I know, like I said, I had a wonderful model and template. It was my mother. You know, she was strong. She was caring and loving, you know, um, it's kind of a cliche, but but it is true. You know, you want people that you admire in your life. You know, you want that in your life and everything. I knew I wanted somebody with a heart like Raven. You know, she's beautiful and it extends beyond being a surface beauty. And to me, because that's what's going to get you through hard and tough times. And, uh, you know, this is a tough lady. So she's soft and tough at the same time, which is what I love about her, you know, she's brave and and afraid at the same time, you know, and she lets nothing stop her, you know, plenty of people have told her that she had to wait for permission and why it's scary. She overcomes that fear and doesn't wait for permission. She gets it started on her own. She said, I'm not going to wait for somebody else to sign that I can do this, you know? So, I mean, I, I just love all that. That's what I deserve to have. I had a picture in my mind. I knew God has my back and was going to provide me. I didn't have to force it. It was going to come into my life and it sure enough did. Oh, that's so nice. Well, nothing will stop you too. And I'm so grateful for your time today and that the two of you found each other at last. I hope you found some of my tips helpful this week. This is what Shot at Love is here for. To help you find love, keep up the commitment to yourself and commit to helping someone else by sharing this podcast. Shot at Love is now airing on iHeartRadio Live on Power Me Up Radio Talk 24-7. Tune into the station with heart on iHeart. Remember to stay safe and stay tuned for more episodes. I'm Carrie Brett, and we'll see you next time.